Welcome to the PRing Your Life podcast, episode number 10. This podcast is designed to help age 40 plus athletes live their best life. On this episode, we're going to talk all about toxins. We've all got a toxic burden. What does that mean? How does that affect us? And what can we do about it? We've got a lot to share, so let's go. Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PR in Life podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. Alex, how are you today? I am fabulous. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's getting warm out and I'm loving the warm weather. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Life is good. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. We've got horse camp coming up. Oh. And my kids have been like holding their breath for months on end trying to see if horse camp was going to actually happen. And it's so funny. I'm like, they're wishing at one point they're wishing like, we don't want school to happen. You know, so a few months ago, they were like, we want everything to shut down. And now all of a sudden, they're like, we want everything to open back up because they... There's always repercussions <laughs> right. with the other stuff. They yes. didn't want to go to school, but they want to go to horse camp. And so we didn't find out until, oh gosh, I think last week, we got an email that it's going to actually happen. And so they're supposed to go to horse camp next week already. And so they're so excited about that. And I'm so glad for kids. Yeah, it has yeah. just been rough mm-hmm. not having stuff to do, stuck at home, not where to go. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we don't have horses, but um, my kids just love horses. Yeah. And so our neighbors have horses. So we get the benefit of like looking at beautiful horses all the time yeah. without having to take care of horses. <laughs> and my <laughs> girls have just always loved that. So they've gone, I think, for maybe this might be their fourth or fifth year okay. that they've gone for a week to horse camp. And yeah. Ainsley's actually going for two weeks this summer. Wow. So she'll go for a week, then she'll come home for a couple of weeks, then she'll go back for another week because she she wanted they wanted to go to a different they wanted to go different weeks basically and they usually go together. And so Ainsley's going one week with her friends and one week with her sister. <laughs> Life is great. Life is, Life is good great. for the kids. Okay, so, I want to know after traveling with Josie. Yes. Is she already packed? She is not yet packed, but she has been thinking about it because she's been telling me all the things I need to get her to pack. And then I threw her for a little loop because we're thinking of going to visit my parents this weekend. And she was like, well, I had the weekend plan to get all packed, you know. <laughs> And then she's been babysitting this week. So she's got three days committed to babysitting. And now I threw this rod in her gears yeah. about we're going to maybe go away we're for the weekend. And yes. But I said, look, you've got you've got time. She said, I was going to pack all day Friday and Saturday morning. I said, well, perfect. We're not going to leave until like Saturday afternoon. So yeah. you're good. Yeah. You know, but yeah, she's she's a planner like that. Well, so. just for listeners, Josie on our vacation had a list of breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm-hmm. mapped out for us on what day and where we were going. <laughs> we got to laugh and we're like, hey, this sounds really good for lunch. We better ask Josie and ask if we're allowed to go <laughs> there, right? allowed to make a substitution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's quite the planner, that is Which for makes it sure. simple for those of us that don't want to think about it. Yeah. It's easy. Exactly. It's easy. Exactly. So. And here's the thing, like, she 
tries to plan things out and take other people's feelings into consideration. So it's not like she's just purely selfish and like, this is what I want to do and too bad. But um, she does get a little upset if you don't like to follow the plan because she's like, I picked that place because I thought you would like it. Or or same thing with her sister. She'll come up with these ideas of what they should do. And she thinks about like, oh, Ainsley would love to do this. I'll pick this because she loves this. And if Ainsley doesn't want to do it, it's well, kind of a problem. Luckily, so. we were all happy just to be there, so we let yes, her. Yes, exactly. We follow the plan. Exactly. It's great. So I want you to talk about your little puppies, Alex. <laughs> we haven't really formally talked about them Our yet. pets. Exactly, because yes. they are an important part. And I'll tell you, I think pets are... They're really important yes, part of our are. lives. They really, really are. So tell everybody about your puppies and who lives at your house <laughs> besides you and Tia. Well, it's really funny because kind of like you said, I we had dogs and cats over the years, but I was never really invested in any of them. I could have cared less mm-hmm. because I was so busy yes. with the kids working full time, everything else. I That's just exactly didn't care. That's exactly true. Yeah. And it wasn't until my youngest one was, um, I think he was a junior in high school, I started really getting sad. No one needed me anymore. Mm -hmm. I just needed someone to fill that emotional hole. So um, we rescued a dog, Tucker, and he's an interesting fellow. He doesn't (laughs) like anybody but us. And that's even subjective day to day. So (laughs) round two, we really wanted to get some... um, it was originally one dog that we could take, you know, go to the races with us, was social, we're gone so much. We just wanted to have fun with one. And our son has a, um, a breed called Shiba Inu. They're a Japanese breed and still newer to the U.S. I think in the 70s, they came here for the first time and we fell in love with her. She was just, oh my gosh, we love her. So we, well, I should say we, I... <laughs> became quite enamored and looked at every social media post on these guys and finally found a breeder um, in Ohio. Well, actually, we were on a list for rescue for one for a long time. And and it was just really hard to find um, puppies and then found one through the rescue. And we went to go get one and we ended up with two. So now we have Tate and Gus and they are... um, so much fun, just so much fun. Mm-hmm. But yes, there are children now. Oh my gosh. And you know, that is so true. I think back to when we were first married and um, we had a dog and that dog was our life. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like we, that was Daisy, a beagle, and she was um, our everything. Like we went to the photographer to get like pictures taken <laughs> with her. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll have to pull that one out and show it to you one of these days. But um, but we loved the dog because we were married for nine years before we had kids. And so Daisy was everything. And then like the kids come and they're little and it's like, yeah, the pets get kind of like yeah. they're still important, but they're not as critically yeah. important, I don't think. So we have Zipper. We have a golden retriever Zipper and he's he's awesome. He I mean, is he so is so sweet. so good. Um he was he was trained to be a service dog, but he was a flunk out. He didn't quite make it because he was a little too skittish amongst crowds and so he was up for adoption and we got him at 15 months old, but he was fully trained and he's just been the best family dog for us because he's kind of perfect in that super low maintenance, doesn't yeah. require a lot, but just still so yeah. loving. And then then we have this outdoor cat named Dixie that Andy just loves because Zipper is kind of a wimp. 
You yeah. know, like Zipper's afraid of thunderstorms and he's, you know, he's not real, real brave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Dixie, this cat, oh my gosh, like she is a, she thinks she's a tiger. I mean, she yeah. really does. And she kills all kinds of little like moles and mice. And then she brings them to lay on her driveway to show us what she yeah, did. She's proud of it. Oh, she's proud. Yes. And Andy thinks it's awesome. So, <laughs> so the cat lives outdoors. But of course, we have like food and water for her in our garage. And so she's never going anywhere. But well, the one time she was napping on top of Andy's car. Yes. That yes. I stopped by. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. And then the other day I had gotten into my car and I had a win- had headed the windows down and I pulled out and she was in the car. I didn't realize and, and, until I was halfway <laughs> down the so driveway funny. and then she was kind of freaking out. But so she took a ride with me the other day, too. So she's trying to work her way in our house and. Andy Who says knows? never, ever, but I don't know. Never, she, ever she, say she, never, ever. I know. She's moved her way from outdoors to into the garage and, and now, but but yeah, yeah but there, I, I mean, I can see how as my kids grow up and go away that those pets will become a more, yeah. I mean, they're important already and my kids Love adore them, them um, but they'll become even yeah. more, more yeah. important. And I mean, that's ours. They, Tate and Gus go to work with me almost every single mm-hmm. day and hang out. And I mean, they're just, yeah, yeah. They're important. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're good for you. They so. are. They are. So that's all about our pets, people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we're going to talk today about toxins. Yes. And, um, you know, I've known about toxins forever. And I just remember thinking, do they really matter that much? I mean, yeah. it can't be that big of a deal, right? And um, I, I really think that maybe individually they aren't a big deal, but cumulatively they can be a really, really big deal. Well, and I think too, when we think of toxins, we think of like major things like chemical dumps in our water mm-hmm. and stuff released in the atmosphere. So we don't think mm-hmm. about the little things that we bring into our life day to day. Absolutely. I know. And I I remember when I think I was pregnant with Josie, you know, it was kind of BPA was sort of a big deal then. And I was like, what are they even talking about? Does that really make a difference? And I remember researching it a little bit because I, you know, it's, I think it's funny. I sometimes think as a parent, like you'll do anything to protect your child, right? But we would never do those things to take care of our own selves. Right. But we are very cognizant of of our babies. And so I remember researching it a little bit at that time. And it was more like if it's in the plastic and you heat the plastic up, that's when it's a problem. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm not going to be doing that. So that'll be fine. So I think like the bottles probably had BPA in them and everything yep. too. But um, but what what I've learned now through functional medicine is that, um, you know, these toxins are so prevalent that even babies are born with toxins. I mean, somewhere around roughly like 60 toxins in the average baby at the time of birth that, of course, they're getting from their mother. And that's food that, that we eat predominantly? or um, tell It comes more. from yeah. all kinds of things. So okay. it comes from um, the basically the processed foods that you eat. So think about like the crops. They are sprayed with different, um, you know, herbicides and pesticides. And then that gets um, into the plant itself. And then that gets processed into our processed food. And then we eat it. So we definitely get it from our diet that way. We also get it from our... um, um, non-organic foods are sprayed with chemicals too. We get it from our plastics. 
we get it from, I mean, like think about like if you have fillings in your teeth, there's mercury mm-hmm. in, in those fillings, right? And um, I mean, seafood, you know, they yeah. there's there's t- heavy medical, med, heavy metal toxicity in our seafood. I mean, and all of this is just teeny tiny small amounts. So it right. doesn't really matter, right? But add it up. But when you add up a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this, it all does sort of add up to create this toxic burden mm-hmm. that we all share. I mean, we all right. have some of it. Um, I think it's impossible to not have it in this world that we live in. The air that we breathe is not pure, clean air. And then another really huge one is the um, skin products you put on your skin too. Yes. I mean, look at the labels on the stuff that you put on your skin and how many products are in there. I mean, it's numerous and most of them you can't pronounce, right? Right, you know? right. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, aluminum with the deodorant that we use, all of these things all add up to create this toxic burden, which, um, and so I think in the past, I didn't worry about it because I thought, how much can it really be? Right. And that is kind of true. None of them individually are a huge problem or we don't generally think that they are. Um, but cumulatively added up, they can become a big problem. And the way those are cleared is through the liver and our livers are really good at doing so Mm -hmm. yeah um but not you know it it just depends on how much exposure you have and at how good your liver is at clearing it as to what remains left to affect you and um and so i really think there are two different ways to address it one is to help your liver clear it better and then the other way is to limit the exposure. And I think they're both um, really important to do, really. Um, so, you know, what happens when you are exposed to a toxin? So let's just say, um, I don't know, let's just say we were spraying weeds this weekend with Roundup in our, in our flower beds or whatever. And that Roundup is a, is a known toxin. Um, So then that toxin goes through my liver. And the first thing that happens is it goes through what's called phase one metabolism in the liver. And that's where it takes a fat soluble toxin and converts it to a water soluble toxin. And that makes it an intermediate metabolite. So it goes through phase one. And that happens in the cytochrome P450. But there it needs to be some antioxidants need to be there to make that happen effectively. Then you've got this intermediate, and then it goes through phase two metabolism, um, where it's conjugated with a sulfur-containing amino acid. And then that phase two, um, the derivative then isn't excreted through the urine, bile, or the stool. Okay, and then you eliminate it. Um, And so our body works at doing that. But if something is backed up and not able, those processes aren't able to occur at the rate that they need to, then the toxins build up. And then when the toxins build up, um, I really see that affect patients in three ways. Um, What I see is that those toxins can damage the mitochondria, and that leads to a decreased ability to produce energy you need mitochondria to produce energy. And of course, you still have mitochondria, but you can have a lower number of mitochondria. The toxins also damage um, the metabolic precursors that you need for an optimal metabolism. So the metabolism starts to become more and more sluggish. And then thirdly, the toxins can actually damage the neurons in the brain and kill the 
ability to make the neurotransmitters in the brain. Um, and that leads to brain fog, anxiety, hmm. depression. And those are all the effects of the toxins. So in my patients, I look at this in two different ways. I look at what is their toxic burden? And we actually measure this through a urine test, like how overwhelmed is their toxic system? And what has it affected? So how are their mitochondria doing? How are their metabolic precursors doing? And how are their brain neurotransmitters doing? So I treat the effect of the toxicity, but then I also work on their liver's ability to clear the toxins too. Okay. So so there's kind of two-pronged approach yeah. to treating the toxicity. And this isn't something I do with my patients until later in the game because first of all, I want to get their adrenals working well. Then I need to heal their gut. And then once we've got those things under control, it's time to start to look at the toxicity at that point because um, they just handle it so much better from that place of good health that we've created um, through those first through first two phases of the program. So it's not something I dive into right away. But I do think it's important to dive into limiting the toxic exposure exactly. right from the very beginning. Yeah. You know? And there's just so many small things that we can do mm -hmm. to do that. Exactly. I know. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, about things that you could work with patients on and if they were like saying, okay, where do I even start? Like what little small changes can I make that will make a difference with my toxins? Well, I know, kind of like what we talked about, just little things um, like how you store your food mm -hmm. um, and reheating the food. Mm -hmm. You know, I've slowly tried to get away. And, and everyone, these are little things you just do a little bit at a time. It's not you clear all this stuff out of your house. Exactly. Spend thousands of dollars. It's just little things. Stuff from getting ready rid of your plasticware and using glass. Mm -hmm. um, that from starting to look at the products that you buy. Mm -hmm. um, I go to an app called EWG mm -hmm. a lot of times, and it will actually has a scanner on it. So you can scan it and it'll pull it up to tell you how toxic it toxic it is and to let you know if it's a good product bad product mm -hmm. so i've slowly have started getting away from certain household cleaning products replacing it with other things um, my skincare yes completely switched my skincare to a um um a product called beauty counter mm -hmm. love it yeah and so just little things over time things like that like putting a hepa filter you yes. know in your filtering system just little things that you can do in your house absolutely yeah. and and i love the point that you made like when i first learned that i needed to be more proactive about this i had the um thought of like, I need to throw away all my cookware and all yeah. my plastics and all my makeup and all my lotion and like, you know, and yeah. then, I mean, that would be such a costly endeavor yeah. and it would be such a major thing. And so I chose not to do that, but I have just been over time. Like yeah. I went to Costco once and I bought one, you know, thing full of glass containers. And right. I started using those over the plastic ones. And just slow to get Yeah, and then a few months later, I got some more, you know. And so now yeah. I have more glass than I do plastic. We still have a few plastic yeah. containers, you know. Um, but I try, I still store some food in plastic containers, but, but then I try to heat it up, in not in the plastic container, yeah. Now, here's one thing that I found really interesting. You can explain more why. 
receipts. Mm-hmm. Why are receipts so toxic? Mm-hmm. And why should you wash after if you yes. have to touch it, which it's kind of hard to avoid. Exactly. But. That's so funny because I tend to like not want the receipts now. <laughs> I know. So receipts are covered with BPA. Okay, so BPA is in plastics and BPA is also on receipts. So think about like that shininess on the top mm-hmm. of the receipts. That is BPA is on there. And then the BPA gets on your skin from touching it and then it gets absorbed into your body. And BPA, as as are many toxic toxins, are endocrine disruptors. So they mess up our endocrine system. Our endocrine system is our hormonal chemical messenger system. So think thyroid, think you know, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, you know, I've often wondered why these hormones are so out of whack for people. Like, um, you know, a big thing is men and their testosterone. I mean, there's so many men who are not that old that have low levels of testosterone. Why? Yeah. Well, one thing is the endocrine disruption from toxics, toxic chemicals like BPA. So just touching the receipt puts that in your absorbs through your skin. And so toxins can be eaten, but they can be absorbed through your skin and they can be breathed in and they all matter. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you get your, you BPA happens from heating in plastic. I also think about this. I used to drink a lot of water out of water bottles. Yeah. And that I bought from the store, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Aquafina. Yeah. Um, just the Kroger brand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I still drink those from time to time. I'm not like super <laughs> um, restrictive about that, but I generally don't because just water in a plastic bottle, it's the heat that bothers it, right? But but the problem is like that water, it probably was heated at some point, right? right. So it probably was in a semi-trailer. <laughs> somewhere and it absorbs right yeah and so then yeah so even if you're not like heating up your water in the microwave and drinking it it still probably was heated at one point from the transport process so it's interesting so because we always think of plastic bottles as just that not being good for our environment Mm -hmm. so really it's also the water that's been sitting in it yes as i'm looking at me with my plastic cup with my coffee in it and you with your metal container (laughs) in your straw (laughs) yes so Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to be a Visco girl over here, you maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I have like, I just, this is my water that I drink out of. So instead of, and I used to, I mean, it wasn't long ago before I would, and I would buy every time I went to the grocery, yeah. a whole bunch of water bottles. We would yeah. just convenience purposes drink them. And I still like, um, you know, if we're traveling and we stop at a gas station to get something to drink, I'll still get a bottle of water. You know, I'm not like because you can't always freaking out about it. You wash know, your stuff out. It, I mean, it's just it is right. But generally speaking, I try to just have my filtered water. You know, we've got that yeah. um, reverse osmosis filter mm-hmm. in our home, and I just fill my water up that way, and I drink it. And yeah. that's another thing: drinking water helps to flush your toxins exactly. too. I mean, so water is really good for you. Yeah. Um, but it gets a little like. I could see where you could be a little bit almost like, oh, what do I eat, you know, and what do I drink? Because everything has the potential to possibly cause yeah. you some 
harm. But um, well, and, it's just and, those small changes really make a difference. Well, though. and it, it, I'm just going to mention it because you said it when you talk about eating and drinking. It makes me think of the um, Dirty Dozen Clean 15 yes. list yes. as well. Um, and anybody, you can Google that. It, it was the Clean 15 Dirty Dozen. And so it's just basically the fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, we all see the labels organic on it. And mm-hmm. you don't always have to buy organic everything. But this list will tell you which ones are the best if you're going to buy organic, stick to these. Exactly. And the other ones that have, you know, the harder, you know, outside peeling that you don't have to buy um, organic, that you can save your money in those little ways. So exactly. that's just a great little cheat sheet you can take with you to the grocery. You can have it. Abs- and, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's kind of... Um, yeah, it's the dirty dozen. I want to say are not foods you shouldn't eat, but they're foods that you should buy organic for yes, because they're because of the pesticides. Yes, and they absorb it yes. exactly. And I think like I can't remember the list completely off the top of my head as far as memorizing it, but I know like strawberries, raspberries, blackberries. I yeah, think are all on the on dirty dozen. dozen. And then a lot of the foods on the clean fifteen are things that have like a hard like outer, the bananas, the oranges, yeah. things that are thicker, pe- things that you're going to peel. Right. And so it doesn't matter that it's you can't absorb. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to eat the outer yeah. core. Like mm-hmm. an avocado, I think, is on the clean yeah. 15 because you're not going to eat the outside yeah. of that, right? Yeah. And same thing with a banana. Exactly. You're not going to eat the peel, right? But um, but, <laughs> but like a strawberry, you're not going to yeah, peel you're just going to pick it up and eat it right away. Yeah, Exactly. And so you get a lot of toxins from those those foods as well. Um, yeah. So it's it's all about those little small changes make a yeah. huge, huge difference. You know, it's it's crazy. It was things that wasn't until I took a class on toxins and just talking about the difference of our environments and just how we live now that in the past, we were outside so much. So we were exposed to a lot of clean air mm-hmm. versus now we're inside with buildings that we don't have windows that open if we even have windows. So mm-hmm. we're kind of breathing the same dirty air all day long, right? Um, the paint fumes and the paints that are in our houses, just all those little things that have changed so much over the years. You know, so many of us use air conditioners now versus 50, right. 60 years ago, people really, unless you had a lot of money, you couldn't have air conditioners. Mm-hmm. So you had your windows open all the time. Mm-hmm. Just so many things like that just have made a difference. Yeah. And it's the questionable, like, is the air cleaner outside or inside? Like, I don't yeah. think it's really that clean either place, you know. Yeah. So it's you can't escape it, right? No. So I mean, so if your um, plan to handle toxicity is to just eliminate it completely from your life, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. living in on this planet, you just absolutely can't. But but you don't need to eliminate it completely, completely. from your life. Your liver is designed to really help process this stuff, but the way that the world has become, um, it can be a little bit much for our livers sometimes to, to handle all of this. Yeah. And um, so so making these little changes make a huge, huge difference. And it's just like everything else. It doesn't seem like it makes that big of a difference in the short term. It's like, you know, you're not going to make one of these small changes and all of a sudden next week be feeling amazingly better and... <laughs> Yeah. You know, but but building up over time, it does make a huge, huge difference. Well, and that's it. Kind of like you said, you know, having a reverse osmosis so you can get your own water. Mm-hmm. You have a HEPA filter in your house mm-hmm. that helps purify things. You slowly start to change the products that you use on your skin and yep. your hair. Um, getting away from plastics to using glass. Mm-hmm. Little, little things. As much as I love my scented fragrance stuff from our favorite 
Yes. Got the body places. I know. You know, getting away from that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it's just little changes that really build up over time. Kind of like we talk about the foods. Yeah. Little changes make huge differences. Right. And here's the thing, though. People don't think it matters because you make those little changes and you don't feel that much different to yeah. begin with. So you think, eh, why bother? But it just it's the cumulative effect over time that makes the big, big difference. Yes. These small changes matter. They really, really do. And sometimes, you know, it just feels like you want to throw your hands up in the air and give up because you think, ah, this just stuff doesn't really make much of a difference at all. But um but yeah. it really, really as with everything. It little really, little things. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, our our gut bacteria also produce toxins too. And um, so that's another source of it as well. And so um so cleaning the gut up really helps with toxicity as well. It's just um coming at us from all the different directions, you know. Yeah. And then stress. You just yeah. <laughs> And that just makes your body even weaker. So, yep, that gets the immune system down. That's for sure. I was getting on Andy this weekend because um, he drinks a lot of artificial sweeteners. And, you know, his thinking is it's zero calories. Who cares? Right. It says zero sugar. Right. Yeah. But um, I was talking to him mostly about his insulin response. That keeps his insulin level high, which makes it really hard to burn fat when your insulin level is high. But I also came to him from the um, other standpoint of like all this crystal light that you're putting in your drinks, it's being made in a big factory, in a big chemical vat, you know, and it's, um, it's not good for you. And here's the thing. I think a little bit of that is no problem. I really think if you if that's something that you have once yeah. in a while, it's no problem. But he has a lot of it, a yeah. lot, a lot, a lot. I yeah. mean, I sat him down and asked him, like, how much exactly of this stuff are you drinking? Because I can't buy enough of it. Like, I mean, every yeah. time I'm at the grocery store, he's like, buy more of that. And I'm like, I just bought like 15 boxes. <laughs> he's like, I'm out. Well, and, and no you, one drinks it except for him. You and know? you want him to remember your name in 10 years. You know, yeah. that affects his brain. Exactly. So, yes. That's exactly right. You yeah. know, and so I, I, I came to him from the standpoint of like, look, you're a grown man, you can do what you want. And I don't want you to think I'm like bossing you around because that never works well. But I'm worried about the effects of this stuff. Yeah. And so he's he's trying, you know, and I said, you don't have to stop it completely. You can just cut back on it a little bit, you know, know, and I do. I think that's so hard. I'm the same way. I'm not a big just straight up water drinker. Mm -hmm. I was a huge Mio. Mm -hmm. Um, I use that all the time. And that's what would help me get my um, water intake in. But then when I really cut that stuff out, it was then it was interesting because then I did start to like the taste of water mm-hmm. and how refreshing it was. Yes. So it, it was with everything. Once you cut that stuff out, your body eventually adapts and it starts to crave those things that it didn't used to before. It apps. I mean, I think about. I was such a picky eater when I was yeah. young. Oh my oh, gosh! Like too. I was a total carbaholic, and I didn't like fruits. I didn't like vegetables. I didn't like meat. <laughs> like anything that wasn't like processed and high in sugar. And now I love those things. I mean, I've acquired a taste for them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there were so many things I used to say I hated that I'd never tried, (laughs) you know, and then once I've tried them, and I'll tell you, when you eliminate all the junk from your diet, real food tastes really good. Yeah. But if you are having a cupcake or broccoli. I mean, the broccoli tastes terrible next to a cupcake. Yeah. But if you're having, if you didn't have cupcakes and you just ate and you're hungry yeah. and you had some broccoli and you put some butter and a little bit of salt on there and you have it with some, yeah. you know, lean meat. I mean, it tastes 
if you're hungry, it tastes amazingly well, and it can be prepared in such a way that's really tastes good. But yeah, I, the water is you can. And here's what I told Andy too. I said. It'll be hard to stop the artificial sweeteners. I said, but here's the thing. You can do hard things. Yeah. I said, you do hard things all the time. Like, this is going to just be another hard thing, but you can do it. Well, <laughs> and, and as the health coach, I mm-hmm. would say, you know, instead of having four, can we go for two? Yeah. You know, and that just that slow, Yes. you know, and then it becomes a treat maybe on the weekends that yeah. he gets to have that with a special cheat meal or... Exactly. So, Exactly. And it doesn't, I'm, I'm totally trying to get out of this all or nothing mentality in my life because I used to very much be that way. Like, well, you know, if I can't do it 100%, why even bother, right? Well, and I think we also know too that when we look at the stages of change, as mm-hmm. with anything, as with every single thing that we're talking about, whether it be um, exercise or water or foods or anything, if you're not ready to make a change, it doesn't matter what we say. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make a change. Mm-hmm. And so it's just giving people the educational information, mm-hmm. let them process it, yeah. and then hopefully eventually Andy will quit drinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, and, it, and it is. It's you can't – I can't – like, and the same thing with any clients too. I can't – make the changes for them, no. but I can suggest them and support them and cheerlead them exactly. all the way along. And just, and, you know, provide the information and just hope that, you know, you have planted a seed and maybe that seed might take six months. It might take a year before. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it kind of hit me. I was talking when we were talking this weekend about, you know, like the quick, like I, like I oftentimes want someone to just tell me yes. what to do. Like, okay, like this is hard to figure out. Just tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And that is helpful. And we try to do that with our clients. But what is more helpful is helping people develop the meta skill mm-hmm. of how to figure it out yeah. so that that we can help guide you there, but then you won't need us, right? Like you'll be able to do it on your own. And so like asking those thought provoking questions about, well, what do you think you could do differently here? And directing them and guiding them, but not just always giving the answers. Well, and that's it. And I know for me as a health coach, it has been so hard Mm -hmm. to not be become the codependent person Mm -hmm. that when you tell me I've done this, I'm like, great job. I'm so proud of you, this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being more reflective is saying, how does that feel? Mm -hmm. How does that feel being successful doing that? How Mm -hmm. did that feel? What can you do better the next time? What worked, what didn't work? And it is, and it's all about going back to helping you as the person, as the client, find those inner things Mm -hmm. instead of finding that validation through you or I. Mm-hmm. And so it right. is such a process. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's, a, and it's not normal because the track coach and personal trainers coming down to me that yeah. I just want to be your rah-rah person. Right. And that's not really what I need to be doing. Right. It, it's because I really, you know, want people to be able to f- figure this out on their own. And so while I want to teach them and guide them and show them and help them fix their labs and all of that, you know, those are some of those things are things that I just need to be able to do for them, but then also help them develop. And I think that's where you can really help too, is help them develop those skills, those skills of Mm -hmm. how to answer some of those questions for themselves too, so that they can, you know, it's, it's, we put people through a nine month program, but it's at the end of nine months, like, you know, we want them to continue on 
the path, the path. to mm-hmm. continued improved health, you know, yeah. and um, so teaching those skills along the way. And it's I, I, I'm learning that and growing that personally, too. You know, I, I look to people and like my experts and my advisors, I just want to say, you know, what do I do? Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Exactly. And, yeah. But what's more helpful is figuring out, like having a mentor or a guide help me figure out yes. what to do. And then the next time, letting me take a guess at it first. You know, one of my mentors that helped me start my business, she would always say, you know, ask me, give me your question and then take a guess at the answer, you know, and just, and then I'll yeah. guide you. Um, and that's getting me to think about it instead of just relying on yeah. them to tell me. I, I think about it. And it doesn't have to be right, but just take your guess, you know? Well, and that's it. And being comfortable when someone asks you, you know, when I ask a client a question and being comfortable with that moment of pause. Oh, yeah. And when it's really quiet, I'm I'm uncomfortable yeah. and I want to like ask another question. Right. And I'm like, no, yeah. this is the time for them to be really thinking about that question. Mm-hmm. And... It's powerful. It is very powerful. Yes, I know. I need to be better at that because I am such a talker and I just fill up every free yeah. space with words, right? But but, um, but yeah, a pause that's like a moment of non-judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I want my clients to always know that there is no judgment, that it's just, um, you know, just a place to kind of be right. comfortable and to feel open to be able to express whatever, but then... If I don't jump in and give them the answer right away, maybe they'll come up with it on their own sometimes too. And so, um, so that's yeah, that's super interesting. Well, and I think that that is where you and I have come so much over the years. I remember as an early athlete, I you've joked about it's Libby's way or no way, mm-hmm. and, and I felt the same way of um, certain things that to be successful, you have to do it my way because mm-hmm. obviously I'm doing well. So mm-hmm. you would want to do the same thing that I did. And it wasn't until I ran with a girl once and she was really getting into the major endurance. We're talking like the 100 mile endurance stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was um, vegan. And I just always thought vegan, you cannot be successful being a vegan and being runners and this and that. And she was. Mm-hmm. And so I really started picking her brain. And she was very in tune with her body and nutrition and really spent a lot of time making sure she had all the right macros and micronutrients and everything that she wanted to do. And that was probably one of the first times I thought, huh, maybe there's a different way besides the Alex way. Yeah. And so I think that had, that kind of opened my door to really being like, there's a lot of different ways to get to the same finish line. Oh, Absolutely. So. And and what works for you might not work for somebody else. Yes. And yeah, there's um, there's so many things out there. But that yeah, yeah that is I, yeah. I've kind of come to that conclusion too. It's like okay, you know, and um, it's constantly evolving, right? You know, like it's, what what is the best yeah. for you at that that moment? But I'm really learning to listen to my body, and mm-hmm. that is a skill I've never really had before. Right. Um, I've always just trusted, you know, yeah. that this. You know, I don't know. I'd I'd read some plan or read some book and be like, "This is what I'm going to do." And now I still do that. I mean, I read all the time, but I take that and incorporate it into the other things I already know to try to formulate the plan that's going to be the best serving for my body and myself and where I am in my life right now, which is different for every single person. And so that intuitiveness is really 
been, mm-hmm. yeah, and I've really loved tapping into that and yeah. um, just knowing, like my little workout I did this morning, I did it off of an app and it, I didn't, I just modified it a little bit, like, and it kind of bugs me because it's like, oh, I want to like mark it as done and I didn't really do it if I didn't do it exactly like they said. And I'm like, you know what? It's just it a guideline, matter. right? Like I, I'm the decision exactly. maker here, right? <laughs> this is my body. Exactly. And I think that's where we've come to that we have just beat our bodies up yeah. so much over the years. And I'm just over that. Yeah. I'm over it. Yes. I just, I want to feel good. I want to, you know, I want to fit into my clothes. I want to feel good. I want to be functionally fit. Yeah. But not waking up every single day that everything hurts on my body. Yeah. I'm just, I'm done with that. Yeah. I'm ready to love my body and be kind to it. Yes. And, um, and that means exercising it. That means fueling it with healthy food. Yes. That means getting lots of rest. That means drinking lots of water. You know, it, yeah. all of those things yeah. um, to lead to optimal health. Now, as an athlete, mm-hmm. what toxins do athletes so, get? You know, yes. as, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I forgot to mention that. Athletes especially become toxic burdened because you create a lot of toxicity through exercise. Okay. So through that whole energy expenditure process of um, exercising. Yeah. You cre- EEP. Okay. Yeah. You create a bunch of free radicals, um, which then can damage your your body, the DNA in your body. And so we you know, need to eliminate all those toxins. Um, but that that totally increases the body burden from that just sure, sheer act of exercising and the breaking down of the muscle and the rebuilding it back mm-hmm. up and everything. And so it's critically important. And then, you know, you think about toxins or, or oxidative stress, which is what happens with exercise and antioxidants help with that. Well, antioxidants are also what helps to push phase one metabolism in the liver. So that first phase of eliminating the toxin. So I know sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I'll just take some antioxidants. But what happens can happen is that toxic intermediate can build up. And if you don't have support for phase two, along with support for phase one, that intermediate can build up and the intermediate is actually more toxic in some cases, many cases, than the toxin itself. So does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. like so sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, you know, like, like, like they might just be buying supplements off of the shelf at Kroger or something and saying, yeah, maybe I'll take some antioxidants, which are generally good. But if you don't have everything else working properly, you can sometimes worsen it. The other thing I've seen that can worsen people sometimes is we store our toxins in our fat. And so I have seen cases where someone has like really gone on a diet and dropped some significant amount of weight and felt terrible. And it's because they're releasing all the toxins really? from their fat. Okay. And so it's really important to have, I mean, it's, it's as important to be working with someone, I think, who can help you bind those toxins up and help eliminate them uh, more effectively. There's different things called binding agents that you okay. can take. Um, and like fiber is one of them. I mean, like, like I a paleo fiber, fiber yeah. would be one for sure. Um, and, um, but there's, there's some others too. There's um, diatomaceous earth. And bentonite clay um, are things that you can use to bind the toxins. So if you're excreting a bunch of toxins, uh, this would be especially helpful if you're like really um, going through a 
detox cleanse, but then also if you're really shedding weight um, to something to bind up those toxins that you don't feel terrible as you're releasing all those toxins. Mm -hmm. But I had a patient um, recently, I had put um, him on some phase one and phase two liver support. And um, he messaged me and told me, you know, hey, that, that one, I couldn't tolerate it made me feel bad. So I stopped it. And really what had happened was he had stopped the phase two support because he didn't he it made him nauseated and I needed to give him something different, but continued the phase one support. Okay. And so I immediately messaged him back and said, Okay, we'll come up with another option, but until we do stop the phase one support too, because I didn't want him to upload that upregulate that intermediate metabolite, which could potentially make him worse. Yeah. If that makes sense. So but yeah, athletes, it's total sense. Super important. <laughs> I just lose you there. <laughs> Total sense. That's I'm glad I, hope I, I have didn't. you. I hope yes. I, yeah. Just trust me. I understand it. Yes. I can work you through it. <laughs> I'll make sure you don't get an accumulation of your toxic intermediates. That's athlete. why I trust you 150%. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, good. But um, so, yeah, I hope I haven't confused you guys all. But basically, there are, you know, just there's all these toxins. We all have them. Yeah. Your little children have them, too. And so it's really important to try to start limiting your toxic exposure because this is I mean there were so many things people used to come to me in my old office all the time yeah I'm tired I'm depressed I can't lose weight and I had no answers to those questions none I mean I mean I did. I mean, we, we would didn't check. think about it. And, and I yeah. actually have a, a toxicity quiz mm-hmm. that I'll put out on our website. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That would it be... just made me think of that. I was like, oh, yeah, I have like just a little quiz. Oh, yeah. So, that would be mm-hmm. super cool. But yeah, like, um, I, I, you know, people came with these complaints and I didn't know what to do to help them really. I mean, I had my few things I would try, but if those things didn't work, and this was common. I mean, I, I used to see 30 patients a day, I'd say roughly. And I bet you... 10 of them had these complaints. Yeah. And really, I think a lot of that stems from toxicity. Toxicity, mm-hmm. And also another sign of toxicity, and if anybody relates to this, is if you ever feel real puffy, like to ever feel like your ankles are swollen and your hands are swollen and that you're just puffy, yeah. that's sometimes the body trying to hold onto water to dilute the toxicity in your body. Yes, your body is like trying to protect you there. Wow. So that can be a sign that you're toxic overloaded as well. And so these small little things that we're talking about today seem like they're not going to matter, but they they do matter. And so um, give them a try. And um, if you guys are not on our email list, get on our email list, go to our website and... um, if you get on the website, there's a little pop-up that comes up, and it's I think it's Dr. Libby's 13 ways to feel like you're 20 when you're 40 or over, almost. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's probably not going to be quite like you're 20, but it does. They hey, do, they I do love help. my 30, so yes. yes. So, but if you if you download that PDF, that that you put your email in, and I email it to you, but that gets you in my, on our email list. And so we will send out our weekly blog post to you that way. If you're already on there, you're already getting it, and you already know. But if you aren't, um, get on there, and um, that way we can stay in touch with you. I won't bombard you with – I don't sell my list to anybody, and I don't bombard you with too much, but we send out a weekly um, blog post email. And so next week, um, you'll stay tuned for Coach Alex's thoughts on toxicity and kind of some more ideas about how you can limit that. And then what do we have on our next episode, Alex? Um, the next episode, we're going to talk about calories and they how they are honestly not equal 
as we mm-hmm. have always been told mm-hmm. over the years, unfortunately, all calories are not equal, and how our body processes them differently. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that go into that. So to kind of help some people be a little bit more gentle on themselves of I'm doing what she's doing, and she looks great, and I don't. Mm-hmm. So this will kind of help answer a lot of those questions. Absolutely. So, yeah. There's a lot to share about that. So um, so we look forward to seeing you guys yes. next time. And um, have a great week, OK? Yeah, take care, everybody. Thank okay, you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast. If you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us, head on over to our website, www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. See you next time.